Hello, our lovely Girl Awakening listeners. Welcome to 2023. I'm Jo Hendy from the Sacred Sister Project. I'm Amanda Parker of Mayala Organics. Come with us as we journey into this week's Awakening episode. I talk to a spirit. She comes in my dreams. She teaches me lessons. Hello, Amanda. Morning, Jo. Here we are back in the... Beautiful, actually, it's a steamy room today. It's Let's very, get honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hot one. It's tropical. But we've got a hot guest. We are. <laughs> so hot. She's beautiful. She's yeah. a sweetheart. Um, more inside as well as out. Um, so today we have Gemma, who she was originally known as, but she now loves to go by Gem. Um, and you'll also see her as Jimita because she spends half of her year in the Andes in Peru. For some years now, she's been working with the wisdom of Andean shamanic path, the cosmology of the Inca and the pre-Inca, let's not forget about those amazing beings of Peru. She has gathered extensive experience working with facilitating and practicing ritual and ceremony both here in Australia and across the world and has, a, has created a life where she spends many months of the years gypsying the globe between Peru, where she co-facilitates guided groups with her Andean teachers and brothers on sacred walks throughout the Andes mountains, her beloved homeland Australia, Bali, the UK and Europe. Wherever she is called, she is ready. Mm. Yeah, beautiful soul. Like when you reached out to Jim, um, as divine timing has it, she was able to step out of her ceremonial mm. or ceremonial cacao apprenticeship, which just sounds amazing. amazing yeah, you know, um, out of that space long enough uh, to so graciously join us today. Uh, yeah, so here is Jim via Zoom. Working in the light, like it's a divinity, like you know that whole that, that strength of um, bringing through the divine energy, the God energy, you know, alignment with that truth and spirit. Yeah. Um, and you know you're what Joe's saying like you have that I'll say power and I don't mean it in a um a layering way but you know that full energy force that comes through of you know the conviction that you have with what you're doing really mm-hmm. creates such a um a powerful energy around you that people just get drawn to are you mm-hmm. finding that in yourself thank you so much um for for recognizing or acknowledging that it's very beautiful and i feel like um yeah i for me i think the more and more the the more deeply i commune with the natural world the more i'm able to get out of the way and that's really what it is you know i'm i i'm really aware that a lot of the things that we share and a lot of the stuff that comes through it's kind of recycled right like it's the same thing over and over again but um, the more deeply we connect to ourselves, to our spirit, especially through the portal of nature, the more original um, things can be because they arise from a, a, a deep place within, a deep wisdom. I, I truly believe that we're, we are all our own greatest healers and we're all our own greatest wisdom keepers if we just get still long enough to, to listen, wow. to really drop in and to listen. Yeah. And so if that comes through or when that comes through, um, I... I don't know if I would use, you know, that kind of word channeling. It's sort of thrown around a lot, isn't it? You know, channeling this or channeling that. And what is it really? I think there's only one thing to channel, and that is the source energy. Everything else is just a, a, an ambassador of that one. Um, I feel like there's really only um, one truth. And, yeah, when we open ourselves 
for that to come through, then it it has that um, very powerful feeling like a like a wave, isn't it? It's like a, a wave of, of divine grace or something that comes through. And we all we all get in those places, don't we? You know, and we sometimes we hang out in there longer than others, but yeah for sure i think when we open that and just allow it to come through and get out of the way meaning get the mind out of the way a little bit mm. and trust, just trust in our in our um trust in our hearts and trust in our team actually yeah yeah absolutely um I, i'm not going to read that i'm going to add that later yeah <laughs> it the... like we can't stop the flow right now no well yeah we're, we're basically kind of diving straight in now <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to add the introduction like Bates, joe's got um some you know content from your website mm. you know referring back to the andes and the pre-inca times mm. which she had great residency through and um so it's it's kind of really just going to lead us into because we've got quite a lot of feeling around just this time with you this morning so the, the strongest feeling is just to dive in and ask you the question Jim, when how did your awakening begin? Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> well, to be honest, I think I was already remembering when I was a kid, as many of us are. Um, that came with a lot of fear because I I was really able to perceive beyond our worlds, beyond the physical three D world that we that we you know see in front of our eyes and that we're taught is real. Um, yeah, my mum still laughs now at how many hours I would spend in the garage talking to the dwarves, apparently. <laughs> Love that. With all of this wisdom and she'd be like, whoa, where'd that come from? But, you know, <laughs> so I would go in and tell her, you know. And, um, yeah, I when I was around about 18, I started um, becoming more interested in sort of out-of-body experiences and astral traveling. I think I read The Celestine Prophecies when I was 18, actually. Wasn't that a powerful book? Yeah. It's such an activator, that one. Yeah. Well, it really was. And I probably should read it again because, I mean, I remember it so clearly like it was yesterday, but I'm sure at 18 um, I was getting it. I remember, you know, I would sit there, like, focusing on reading the energy around trees or being able to... <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> All right. They brought their plants alive, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is that it's so true. It's such a beautifully written. And there's the second one, which is called The Secrets of Shambhala or Shambhala. I don't know if you've read that one too. But this one is actually really about where we're at right now um, by the same author. So that one I read years later, but I realized that he's talking about, you know, this time that we're in right now. Anyway, so, you know, I floated through my early 20s and. I probably took some things and did some things to um, guidedly <laughs> help that awareness. <laughs> my awareness. Where at the time I thought I was just going to a rave, but actually <laughs> I was spending the whole night speaking with beings from other dimensions. Absolutely <laughs> no idea what I was doing. Just knew that it was fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then wondering why I felt so rotten afterwards. And I think that's part of the problem. Actually, that's one of the things I think with kids in those experimental stages is they don't really understand what they're opening themselves up to because you are opening yourself up to many different dimensions and many different energies. And I, I, one of the things I wanted to do, this is just off the track for a minute, is I do this sacred chocolate um, facilitator training. I wanted to do the same thing for DJs because, you know, you look at these big oh. parties and you've got thousands of kids, you know, and, and DJ, the DJ is like the God and the dance floor is like the temple. Yeah. And I was like, God, imagine if these guys, they wouldn't even have to do anything. 
They just knew how to, to, or to set that space as a portal of transformation so that while these kids were dancing stuff, it would yeah. be completely informed. They would call in all of the guardians so that the space was fully sealed up and protected. And they'd call for a minute silence before they started to dance. So the kids can still, they're still going to go and do what they're going to do. You know, they're going to do this and that and take the things. But at least it's a space of powerful transformation, you know. And safe space, like from, you know, the entities, the beings, energy forces, mm. those kind of things that, yeah, just come in rampantly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. you just really connect with that yeah that's powerful yeah we've all been there i think you know if, if we're here sharing about this or if anyone's watching it's because we're empathic souls right we're sensitive and so there's more and more sensitives being born and i i feel like that um that's for a purpose and a reason too because that's how the planet will evolve and change if you're sensitive and you feel how deeply someone else feels then there's you're much, much less likely to start a war or to create conflict right because you, you know, you, you're so in tune with everything and everyone. Anyway, digressing. So, <laughs> um, then in my mid twenties, um, um, I was really starting to open and see things and understand things in a in a different way. I naturally was not wanting to drink alcohol, you know, in that that time when you're sort of really social and all the things, um, and. I was spending a lot of time internally. I started working with breath work right back then. I mean, that's now um, 45, 45, that's now 23, 24 years ago. And I came across my first teacher mentor who still is to this day, a woman called Barb, Barbara Stone. She's now close to 80. And I started working with, with her and I also began a practice of Vedic meditation, which they also call TM, Transcendental Meditation. And I went to town on this meditation. I started doing my two sits twice a day and that just blew the cork. It was like everything that was um, waiting to come through and waiting to be remembered came and it came in thick and fast. And, you know, I hear people using the term spiritual awakening and I'd never really called it that before, but I realize now looking back for sure, that's what was going on. And I had probably um, a good year and a half or more of these um intense experiences that were like mm, i'm sure some of the listeners can relate to these in my sleep i was having beings showing up and standing at the end of my bed there was two in particular and they've stayed with me in different forms in fact people that can see energy or if i ever have an aura photograph taken you can see them standing on the side of me and then we've got a, there's a little short guy, a little short stocky guy as well. They were standing at the end of my bed. Um, it, it crazy stuff. I started um, channeling in a, in the sort of the true sense of the word, where um, I I could hear um, spirit rushing through me and very clear words and names. I started hearing vibrations in my ears. I started seeing these things that I still see now. I call them the little blue spaceships. I believe they're emissaries from the Pleiades. Um, they show up whenever I need guidance or to tell me things. Sometimes they flash over people. So all of this stuff, and I'm going to the doctor, can you check my ears or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's, it sounded like the, the it was like, like this. And what I realized, this is like now, this was 2001, 2000. And then I realized years later when I struck the first beat of my medicine drum that I made with my own hands, that the vibration of the drum 
was what I was hearing. And then when I heard my first hummingbird, when oh, I was in wow, wow. 2011, um, I heard this, and I was like, oh my God, there's the sound. So, <laughs> so I was hearing the vibration of um, these ancient traditions, which are the vibration of nature, of the cosmos, of the natural world. Um, and it was really tough in some respects too, as much as it was um, invigorating and, you know, exciting. Um, you know, there was a lot of um, what you call like sleep paralysis kind of situations where yeah. I would, yeah, you know, and wouldn't be able to move but be very much conscious. I'd be literally seeing things, hearing things. Um, then I started to get bothered by beings of other dimensions, i.e. spirits that were trying to get my attention very physically by moving things around. You know, it was really kind of intense, poltergeist kind of stuff. So this you know, is in your 20s too. So you're kind of, this is all just new to you. This is all just, has any, I mean, you've got your mentor, but is she explaining all these things to you, what's happening? Or are you, are these just naturally occurring to you because you've now opened something up? Yeah, they're naturally occurring. And yep. thank goodness for Barb, because, you know, if things got a bit intense or overwhelming, I would check in and, you know, explain to her or share with her what was happening. And she was mm. able to give it some context without ever, putting her opinion, you know, like Barb's favorite saying, and I use it all the time now with my students as well as take what resonates and throw the rest in the trash, you yeah. know, like let it be your own experience. And I think that's really important. Um, so what I ended up doing with that, this was my, my really one of my first lessons as an, as a, as an adult in learning how to discern between energies and learning how to, um, work and call in and connect and remember the the the, high, the, the truth the true the truth the highest yeah. frequencies of life the highest frequencies of life. and that actually these other things they're also you know they i i really believe that these i just call them heavier energies rather than entities that they're only able to come in and create any havoc if there's something in our vibrational field that offers them a match it's like a magnet you know, so if if you're in, if there's somewhere in your life you're in, or in that moment even, that you're in fear, that you're in doubt, you're in, you know, there's some kind of something that's coming up for you, then these energies can attach and can um, give you a bit of, you know, they can pester you because there's something in your vibrational field that, that is magnetizing them. Yeah. So for me, the work is always, always, and I learned this back then, it's always, always to, um, change your internal state you know work on your work on strengthening and making your your luminous field really resi resilient you know work on your fears see where your doubts are and in that moment what i did was i um drew had no idea what i was doing but i took a piece of paper and some paint and i just drew this uh kind of mandala it wasn't pretty it wasn't you know particularly artistic or anything it was more symbolic um, and this was um, kind of like for protection, I guess you would say, but it came from within me, you know, so I, I put that under my mattress and it was phenomenal how the vibration of that calmed things down. And when these intense experiences would happen, I would call in that moment, Archangel Michael now, you know, I got used to it, like instead of, because the fear would come in because yeah. I wouldn't know what was happening, you know, as all of this was opening up, the fear would come in. And in that moment, I had two choices. I knew if I go into the fear, then this is when these things really materialize. If I go into my power, into my strength and call on my team, which are just higher aspects of ourselves, yeah. 
these things will just disappear. So I started to learn. And you know, when I, when I actually first started this process of um, learning how to work with energy in this way was when I was two days old, I reckon, <laughs> because I, my mum and dad, recollection. <laughs> I, came in, I chose it. I absolutely chose it as we all do before I came in all preparing me for the work that I do now. I think that, yeah. um, when I was two days old, I was already on my mum's hip behind the bar of the public bar in, <laughs> in yeah, and uh, we're not talking like a hipster pub. This is like a pretty, you know, it's a worker's An Aussie pub, yeah. An Aussie pub. My parents <laughs> yeah. were publicans and my grandparents were publicans. So I grew up around some pretty intense, yeah. unconscious, heavy energies. And, you know, children and in the Andean tradition especially, um, they believe, and I and I really get this, and I see it. It makes sense to me that children, up until the age of puberty, to the age of thirteen, um, part of their service, which they don't even they're not even conscious that they're doing, is to transform and to move um, their heavy energies and the processes of the people around them, of their parents, wow. of their um, community, and from the first breath that we take in, from when we're born, in that moment, we're in that split second of that where we begin a process of taking in one of two energies either heavy energy or light energy you know and we become really unconscious about what we're taking on and then over time we start to give we believe that that is ours right this is the this is the the, the part the story of the empath you know there's always a choice about what we're taking in but because we're largely unconscious about what we're taking in we take something in it feels heavy in our body it makes us feel you know whatever depressed down heavy tired and then we look for something in our story and we attach it to that energy and we do like all humans do and go mine yes but we hold on to it for dear life and then we make a story around it, and then we loop on it and you know 20 years later we're still working from this thing that was never even ours in the first place which is yeah. quite quite ironic so i think that's empowering to 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 remember and to mm. recognize Oh, so amazing. yeah, because uh, um, you're talking about uh, being on your mum's hip at two days old and while well, she's working, like how amazing is she mm. just getting up and rocking back into work and going, <laughs> yep, I'm back on duty as well and my baby, my girl's coming with me and, you know, she's safe because she's with me. And, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. My mum is my mum is super, super resilient. But that, you know, that's also been a big program for me to unwind as well because she comes from that generation mm. Many of us with our mums, where they just kept going. They didn't, yeah. know, how didn't know how to self care. You know, they just um, there was no off yeah. yeah, and that's such a big, um, you know, yeah. It's a big pattern to break. And of course, their mothers before that same thing. They were, yeah, absolutely. So, I just want to jump back into your awakening. Um, when when you you know you're twenty, all this stuff is amazing amazing unravelings happening for you. Were you in relationship with anyone then? Did you, you know, but just in the normal world, um, did you have a boyfriend? Were you working or was this, were you just literally going for it? No, all of the above. Yeah. I was actually in a very um, interesting world as well. Um, do you let ladies know about my background at all? Yeah. A yeah. little bit. Okay. Well, literally, I, actually, I met you before through work avenue kind of thing with, 
Naked, naked treaties. Yeah. Oh, naked yeah, treaties. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> I don't talk about this very much these days, but I'm just going to no. put it up because it was one of the. It Another was, lifetime. Another <laughs> lifetime. However, it was profound. Yeah. And you know, and I and I chose it. My soul chose it because it's exactly what it needed to shake, rattle, and roll so many parts of me, and to learn how to navigate this stuff while it was all going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I was working as a hair and makeup artist back then and I was traveling all over the world doing awesome things having lots of fun and then I found myself on the first series of the very first ever reality tv show ever 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 before anyone knew and I didn't even know what it was <laughs> Big Brother. yes I remember uh, you I remember you on that so that I was on that for, for the world, wasn't it? That program was oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah. about putting yourself out there and giving yeah. yourself a challenge. Yeah, well, the thing is, is we didn't know that. So we, no one knew anything about what this thing was. Somehow yeah. we kind of got talked into doing it. They didn't have, um, they didn't even have a, a crowd to film when we went in. We had to do this renter crowd, you know, where they stopped and <laughs> make it look like there was people. And really, in back in those times, we were just all really normal people that, and it was a bit of a social experiment, I think. Um, but even back in there, I remember I was reading angel cards for people in the in the house there, and I came out to stacks of angel angel cards from Doreen Virtue and Hay House. Oh really no cool. way! How beautiful! But they did some pretty gnarly things in there, like they wouldn't let you meditate if you sat down to be still. They would, oh. you know, pull you out of that state. Um, you know, one of the biggest lessons that I learned from being, and this was all a part of the awakening process, one of the biggest lessons that I learned from being in that house was having the courage to be disliked mm. because my, I had that program. Yeah. Big still do. A lot of us do. Most of us oh, do. Yeah. That's a big one, isn't it? Like even the change, even the shift, you know, it's a being allowing yourself to sit in that, you know, and doesn't matter what's happening out here, you know, if it's for the greater good for you. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And as a 25-year-old, um, that's really hard, you know, because you're in that, you don't, I mean, I think these days now the 25-year-olds are probably much more evolved. But back then, you know, I, um, yeah, it was really big for me. And there was a moment there when I was in that house where they twisted very badly something that um, had apparently happened in the house and put me through this interrogation process and played on that fear by saying the whole nation's going to hate you if you don't you know we're going to this is what this is what they're going to see and you need to come clean and you know this this kind of interrogation went on for hours i'm talking wow. like hours eight hours locked in this diary room you know going on and on and on until i cracked and you know it's you don't even have any control you know so you've got no control over how you're being portrayed you've got no control over what seven million people that are watching you every night um are seeing or thinking and then you're the person in the house that is so sensitive to your beautiful mum and dad watching it that you don't want to take your clothes off and run around naked and so then you've got all of you know the pressure of the people in the house saying why aren't you taking your clothes off you know you're being this and that you know so there's all of these things around this and actually this is one of the biggest um gifts i think that i received from that experience because um doing what i do and looking like i look because i'm you know i'm a blonde haired blue eyed woman who likes pretty dresses from the andes you know that works with the traditions <laughs> i am slightly <Quite> angelic <laughs> <laughs> so don't let that blonde haired blue eyes fool you <laughs> 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 
Um, I am from the Andes, but, uh, you know, I love, I'm a multifaceted woman who loves to embrace beauty. I love every single aspect of being a woman. And I also love lots of dirt under my nicely manicured yeah. fingers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're a real girl. We love it. It's yeah. all aspects of Jen. All it's, aspects. It's everything. And, you know, when I go to my mountains in Peru, I put on a pretty dress because I'm going to see my most precious masters, my most precious maestros and teachers. So, you know, why wouldn't I, why, why wouldn't I want to, you know, feel yeah. like being yeah. my most radiant for these for these beautiful beings you know this is how i look at it so i think i've definitely got a bit of ancient egyptian in there too i've got cleopatra vibes for sure um so anyway so coming out of that um was really big and challenging lesson number two was learning that i wasn't responsible for everybody's happiness so mm. we um and that's a big one for people especially in healing arts, you know, we tend to come in with this program that we're responsible for everyone's healing, for people's yeah. healing. And I had this very strong program running, like we, we would see these big groups of people, thousands of people. And I had this mission that every person that left me was going to feel better when they left me than when they arrived. Yeah. That's a beautiful intention, but yeah. how did I lose <laughs> a lot of energy until I found myself face planted in a hotel room in star city casino in sydney um crying i can't go out there i can't do it because i didn't have the tools as an empath to know how not to take on everybody's stuff right yeah, yeah. that's what i was doing that's what i was feeling so there was another lesson and i had to start learning how to um and i what i've learned is that it's not to do with protection it's 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 learning to know ourselves as a crystal that we, we're, we're crystals you know we're crystalline yeah. beings when you think of how we work with a crystal you know the crystal yeah. doesn't doesn't protect or push away or say no don't give me that heavy energy the crystal knows itself as as the, these high the highest frequencies of love and light so it can literally inhale it takes in the energy and it transforms it and then it uses that heavy energy to to for power it shoots it back out as um, fractals of, of light or as high frequency energy. So that's been the journey. It's not about protection, it's about trans transformation. And it's yeah. also being okay to say no, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you have to. Like if, you, if you're feeling vulnerable, then what I do is I call on my team, being Pachamama, Mother Earth, or my mountains, um, or the beings of nature, the luminous beings, all of them to work with me and help me move it. And if I really am tired and feeling vulnerable, I just remove myself, you yeah. know, and say not today. And that's okay too. Yeah. So, so this was all, you know, all big learning. But going back to your question, when I came out of the house, I was very much in that kind of A list celebrity world, going yeah. to the lobbies, going to, you know, all of these crazy things. It was so much fun. It was ridiculous. But I was like, I was like, you know the fish out of water in a way on the inside like i looked all the things on the outside but i knew that i had a purpose for being in these spaces i yeah. knew that my purpose was to bring light you yeah. know to bring, to bring that and i started having um i was in a relationship and i actually had to end that um not because he wasn't an awesome human and a really beautiful guy but because i was going so deep on this on this inner journey that i just i needed to not have any distraction. I yeah. just need to um, spend a lot of time getting to know myself. And I spent a lot of time in meditation and contemplation. Um, and I, I also started to have 
um, incredible um, experiences, tastes of what I think it felt feels like to be fully awakened, mm. where sometimes it would last for sometimes two or three days, um, where all of a sudden I, and it would often come when the most challenging things were happening. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm talking like shit was falling apart, like it was really big. And I, all of a sudden I've got this expanded awareness. It's not, it wasn't like being out of body. It was just an expanded awareness that could see over all things. I could see the drama. I could see the play. I could see how funny it was. Yeah. And, and I just like playing chess. I just, just was like, oh yeah, that, there's no, and there was no stress. There was no, there was just, and then sometimes I would go out, I remember I'd go to nightclubs and I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink, I wouldn't do anything. And I'd be awake for days on end. And people, I actually had people would come to me from the other side of the room and say, something is going on. <laughs> what are you on? I want some of that. <laughs> over and he was like, I just need to say, he said, right. I don't know many people in here would know what they were seeing. He said, but I, your light is illuminating this room. Oh. It was like you just take care of that light he said i think he was an angel because then he just is yeah yeah oh, absolutely yeah wow it, that's so beautiful well, to just come in like that yeah for that purpose just to affirm yeah yeah that's right yeah. and i think grace I've, I've learned too you know that grace which is what i believe this was it takes different forms it's not always pretty grace you know yeah. we think grace comes in and it's like oh, like the angels you know but sometimes grace is hard because it it works my what i've experienced is that it works in the physical body to it moves through the energy centers it moves through and it finds places in the body that uh, that there is a, a rather than calling it a block where there's a, a lack of movement or a lack of consciousness and it goes to work on yeah. that you know, it's like it's like a water pushing against a dam you know and so you can have all kinds of um, physical symptoms and physical pains that can be ongoing and feel like they're really chronic and then when there's a pop through and there's this big rush of energy then sometimes you know you can really feel like you're standing on the edge of abyss of an abyss and you're about to dissolve and yeah. you're going to lose your mind you know and that's that can be a really scary place yeah. for people as well and I think if, especially if it happens too quickly yeah yeah, yeah. it's the, what exactly what you're just saying I've had a friend who had a um uh, an AO experience where the mother was coming through and coming through him and like cleaning it and then it would get to like a blockage or uh, and it, she'd like sit there and work on this area in his body until she you know he would let it go and what, whatever it was he got and it would she would move through and go back out and he'd be like where's she going oh here she comes She's coming back through like cleaning out those blockages and everything you're just talking about afterwards he just felt so so like cleaned and alive and light yeah exactly right i mean this is the power of the medicines and yeah. and what they do you know and it's um yeah and it's also to be to be a little bit um careful with the medicines i'm just gonna i just realized there's a little thing making a noise here i'll turn that off <laughs> we had the same thing working out the technology yes. a little. yeah um because you know these experiences are are awesome and sometimes they can be a little bit too hard and quick a little mm. bit too hard and fast and and you know they can shoot you out of your body and and create a bit of a um a bit of a split in the soul and a bit of a you know that this can happen it happened to me with my first medicine journey many years ago which is one of the reasons i serve medicine now in the way that i do because i'm super aware mm. of of 
that can affect people. And it is an awakening process, but it's also to remember that it, you know, the medicines, they give you a connection to your true nature, to the truth of who you are, to the, to, you know, to the source um, of all of them. And then that's not the work though. The work is that just gives you a glimpse, you know, and then you come away from that journey and it's up to you to polish the diamond then Mm -hmm. through your practices and through the contemplations and awarenesses, we have to close the gap then. And, um, be able to reach those states um, without needing the medicine. Absolutely. That that I think is a big, for me, is a big part of it, isn't it? Because we can become dependent on anything, really, whether it's whatever our intentions are. So to yes. see that it still comes back to us doing the work and our connection with source, that pureness of that and the work, mm-hmm. yeah. And, the you know, the the... The level of expansion that you reach will be equal to a level of contraction. There has to be, you know, as you expand, then there's also a period of coming back in, and we call that integration. But most people, well, not most, I shouldn't say that because some people are very good at it, but generally just through the nature of life and life being busy and all the things, we don't really give ourselves that time and space to do it. And then our soul and its infinite wisdom, because it takes, you know, it's all of that all of that remembering that because that's really what it is the medicines are, are awakening uh, a divine memory a divine blueprint within you and that remembering or what you've received it's in it's already in the cells you know uh, but the mind is fighting to catch up it's trying to figure it all out right? <laughs> the mind. Beautiful yeah. mind the beautiful beautiful i think um, so you're still in your twenties, yeah, with all this, like the big brother, the you know, coming out to into the world and going, yes, seven million people did think I was amazing, um, and want to know more of me, and navigating that still into your purpose, like following that core, that calling that you're feeling mm-hmm. through all of that pain, if you want to, you know, and mainstream mm-hmm. kind of um, calling as well. That would be quite a strong pathway that could have kind of pulled you off to the side as well if you hadn't been so well I guess it's like having nice manicured fingernails and having dirt under them at the same time and loving both equally yeah and it goes and it what I what I learned from that and what I believe is it doesn't have to be one or the other you know that we're here and this is why I love the Andean traditions because we're here to taste it all we're here to Mm. taste it all so we don't have to go sit on the mountaintop because that's not where the work is. The work is down in the communities. It's out in the, you know, it's out in the cities. Yeah. And, um, bringing it out into the world. And so, yeah, my life was a mixture of red carpet events and ashrams. Yeah. I spent my spare time when I didn't have um, uh, anything going on, like a weekend where there was nothing that I had to be at. Um, I would go to the Satyananda uh ashram in a place called rockland in dalesford mm-hmm. ah. yeah, yeah, it's beautiful place. spent a bit yeah. of time at dalesford yeah it's so yeah. beautiful it's beautiful it? yeah lots of nature beautiful trees beautiful yeah. trees yeah beautiful nature so yeah that was my my life was going up there and then i really you know through my through my business that i was doing at the time which interestingly was a cosmetics company and the reason that I did that was because Max Factor had come to me and offered me a big chunk of money to to do something with them. And my first question was, is it Australian made? And I'm like, no. My <laughs> second question was, does it have parabens and preservatives in it? And they said, well, yes. And I said, well, I'm not interested then. 
So I started, I developed my own range that was Australian made, that was um, um, free of all, all of that nasty stuff, which made it very expensive to produce. And um, the slogan was Awaken the Goddess and all of the, um, all of the colors and the boxes and all of the things had, every box had a different inspirational quote on it. Um, the names of the products were all like um, chakra, ethereal, um, you know, all, all the names of the archangels and the thing, all in this, you know, so that was a way of, of getting stuff across. And then this is really funny. I remember this the other day. I was telling a friend, this is hysterical. I got asked <laughs> to go onto a game show, a TV game show. And if you got to the final round, like if you won, uh, it was like a trivia thing and you got to the final round you got to choose a subject of your choice that the producers would then have to go and research and try and ask you questions to trip you up right so there would be you and one other person who'd also chosen a subject of their choice and and my subject really funny was so you won you got to choose <laughs> i got to choose because i got to the end and i got oh. i got to choose was the chakra system ah <laughs> and they were like and I'm like, the chakra system. And they're like, what the hell is the chakra system? And I yeah. said, well, producers, you just told me to choose a subject that I was really expert in. So go and do your research. Ask me, ask me whatever questions you want. And during the filming of that, what I remember so clearly is that the lights they had chosen in the studio, like for the stage, for the lighting of the, of the set, were neon blue. And I'm like, Archangel Michael. You're like, <laughs> neon I'm like thank you thank you i could feel the presence of this guardian yeah. there and then i get to the end the money was going to charity it was like twenty thousand dollars whoever won and it goes to a charity of your choice mine was the kids helpline which was for to prevent suicide wow in ages um so it, we get to the end and and it's they start asking me these questions on the chakra system i'm just like and part of the reason that I did that wasn't because I knew a lot about the chakra system. It was because I was always looking for ways to open the eyes and to wake up the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, this is prime time, 7 p.m. Mums and dads and kids are watching this. Wow. And can I, I can't even tell you how many emails came in from people saying, I didn't even know what the chakra system was. Yeah. And I, knew, and I researched, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, so that was always... It was just natural that I yeah. wanted to, 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 to use whatever I could yeah. to pick things up and wake people up. And um, so anyway, they asked me a question and they told me that I got it wrong. Oh. <laughs> and, I, and in the middle of the game show, I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> like, what? And they're like, cut you know and shut the whole thing down and they're like what are you doing and i said well it's not wrong you can't oh, classic. It's not wrong you have to go and research it and then they came back and they had to do this whole thing oh whoops we made a mistake and i ended up winning oh yeah so i want to hear like a, a version of the, your version of the celestine prophecy in a way because for me <laughs> that book was like a red light for the masses like the general public who hadn't like mm um tapped into energy and you know how we interact with each other and things like that exertion of will um mm. and like what you just did then is like a similar kind of thing like, yeah through that experience absolutely it? you know tapping into the masses waking them up giving them something so cool to expand into to think about um, yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> 
And so many things like that. And then and then I realized, wow, you know, because I I was pretty strong in terms of I didn't give a flying whatever, <laughs> what anyone else I really didn't give a flying yeah. fuck. Whether um whether people thought I was weird or, you know, um, you know, I lost when you go through this process, I think it's really important for people to know that it's really normal that people will drop away. Mm -hmm. Life, you know and that's okay and it's painful and it's hard and it can be confusing yeah. um but it's not to also take a stance of oh i'm an i'm a light worker and i'm at this vibration and you're no longer vibrating it's not about that no. it, you know it's just about understanding that you know you are moving to a different it's like a tuning fork you know you, you're moving to a different frequency mm -hmm. and what resonates with that frequency will will vibrate in the field of that and it will come closer and grow you know then the sound will become more beautiful yeah. but it's at a different frequency it just literally will resonate off you know it just has to resonate away and so yeah there was people in my life that i was very close to that were very confronted yeah. um, about this stuff and 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 even annoyed and even um even mean you oh, know yeah. about it and it was just like having compassion and understanding and love and being okay and not having to change their mind yeah you know not trying to fit somebody else into your map of the world and just loving them for where they're at yeah so this is a really big thing and that includes your family especially like i think a true leader just leads by example not by preaching yeah so that's the thing you know and and it's it's not an easy process but um yeah it it's a normal part of the process and so i realized that there were a lot of people out there that probably weren't as um i grew up as an only child you see so i was also very used to self-sourcing and being on my own you know um but i know that there were a lot of and i've been through the big experience of you know everything that i'd been through to get me to that point too but i saw that there was a lot of people that were struggling you know that were opening up spiritually to their spiritual path to their gifts whatever and we're in very mainstream um, communities and roles and jobs and mums and families and all the things. And they felt very um, ostracized. And so I started um, in my my apartment in St Kilda in Melbourne. Every fortnight, I started inviting people, anyone who wanted to come, as many as I could fit in. And I'd have a different... Um, I'd have a different person come every fortnight and share their gifts. So I remember this once and people would just come, you know, and I'd put on big pots of chai. Uh, and how old, are you, how old are you at this stage? 26. Oh, you're still so young. This is 26, so 27. Yeah, wow. Um, and, yeah, and I, and I had this amazing Tibetan monk that was, would come. His name was Lop Sang Tenda and he lived in a, a monastery in Brighton with a Catholic priest and a Jewish rabbi. Oh, wow. Used to, it sounds like a joke. <laughs> it sounds like you're going to say a joke any minute. Like, but it's like, how gorgeous is that mix of divinity? <laughs> so beautiful. They used to go around Australia teaching the children about interfaith and about how it's all one. And Lobsang would come and couldn't speak a word of English, but he'd sit there and he would, you know, talk in Tibetan and, and then meditate. And I used to say to the people, like, don't worry that you can't hear him, oh, that you can't understand the language, just listen to him through your heart, yeah. like to the vibration. And it was just so touching and beautiful those times. Like light language, like activating the space. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. 
beautiful intention with his prayer. So beautiful. Mm. And then you know, all of these caps to your like um, future self traveling to the end is like that whole community aspect of what you're practicing mm. in St. Kilda. Yeah. Kind of as like the villages, isn't it? Or like what? Yeah. I actually realized very strange. Funnily enough, it was, it was only recently, a year or two ago, in a temple in Bali, because I just do, you know, when you, you come in, we all come in with our gift, right? And our gift is not something that we do, it's something that we just are innately, yeah. that we be, you know, that, um, you know, that's our true work, whether it's um, connecting and bringing community, whether it's bringing joy, whether it's compassion, whatever it might be. And I was in a, in a temple with my priest in Bali that, and a group of women that I bought, you know, to do this very special pilgrimage. And the, the masters, the ancestors of this temple just were like, you, you, you're the bridge. You know, you, your gift is to be able to to understand very effortlessly these ancient technologies. I don't know why. I just can. It goes in like a sponge, yeah. And interpret them and share them in a way with people that helps them to understand it, and then use those tools in life because the ancient, the ancestors, they knew a thing or two, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we bring those tools into our life, life just becomes more effortless. It's so wild because now, you know, when you look mm -hmm. and we've listened to part of your life so far and it's so full of human experience, yeah, um, like big-time human experience, and you can see exactly why you would be a bridge to from having that experience into this kind of ethereal world and bringing those people through. Yeah, and I think it's, yeah, I, I, I really, I've lived a thousand lifetimes in one, I feel, you know, like I've had, I grew up in a very, um, as I said, I was in pubs, you know, very Aussie, not wealthy parents, um, very salt of the earth, you know. Um, Hardworking. Yeah, hands, uh, like animals, I, my dad used to bring home injured animals one day and two, one or two days old, and I would goats and sheep and I would rear them until that you know so there was all of this this earthy experience and then moving through you know um that that the party days and then the fashion world and then I ended up on tv and then I end up with you know in that whole in that whole world and then I went through um uh bankruptcy a very public one that was front page of the papers and wow. at the same time my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer, my partner that I was seeing at the time was a very well-known Australian actor and, um, and I lost my business um, and not just the business, everything material went like, um, I, yeah, they took my house, they took, you know, everything went and all of those experiences, I never saw it as losing anything. They all gave me a gift. You know, it, my spiritual practice became so strong during those times because I had to find ways to stay centered mm -hmm. and to stay grounded in amongst all of those things that were going on because it was big. It was relentless, absolutely relentless for 10 years. Right. And um, it, no one would see that on the outside, of course, but what was going on. And then, it's, and then when it finally, you know, the shit hit the fan and it was time to, you know, after biting, yeah. it was time to throw the hands up in the air and say okay I get it I surrender this yeah. is not path and and then it was front page of all of the newspapers <laughs> and all the things so I had to go through that ego death 
publicly. Yeah. As it's like being nailed to the cross, isn't it? You know, that whole experience of like, you know, there's no mercy. Everyone just wants to like, you know, put you there and for their, their almost their satisfaction. Yeah, entertainment, isn't it? You know, kind of thing. And yet all, as you say, all the aspects of you that you're experiencing, like with your dad, I mean, you just want the world to stop and be there for him. But, you know, yet all this other stuff is going on. It's like very, very... um chaotic isn't it yeah it's chaotic and in that is where we find our greatest treasure i believe you know because it's not to say that it doesn't take you out at times and flatten you it does but i really believe and p.s i've been earlier in my earlier life i was diagnosed twice with clinical depression as well so i know what it's like to hit those to hit those depths and to have it feel like you can't you don't have control over what your mind's doing and how you're feeling and I really believe having been through that and coming out the other side and knowing that I never need to go there again because I have the tools, that depression really is a fear of feeling. Mm. You know, we're, we're not taught, nobody is teaching us how to work with the sensations in our body and how to work somatically in the body and go right in to these feelings of despair and see where, what they feel like somatically like where do they sit in the body what does it feel like and keep keeping focus you know staying and working with the sensation in the body and then the story just starts to take the back seat because the problem is there again we attach these feelings of i can't get up i can't wake up i can't do it to oh my god i'm so depressed or oh, this happened and that happened and, da, 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 and what am i going to do and you know we get so this vortex the story becomes so big that we can't get ourselves out of it but it, the only way through these times is not around it's through yeah We've got, we've got to go through and um, we're just so taught to band-aid everything or to just, you know, soldier on, come on, love, get on with it, you'll be right, come Having on. You'll be right. Or the prescription drugs, things like that, just to numb everything, you mm-hmm. know, like we'll just we'll make that feeling go away, which is even more about the issue, isn't it? Mm. And not to say too, because I don't want to say that sometimes in some cases that medications aren't required, it's totally fine and there's no shame in that and for the the short term if it's if it's needed but alongside you know alongside what the medications i think should do is give you enough breathing space for you to be able to tap in and tune in and find the practices that are going to support you and work for you including your lifestyle and all of the things you know so adjustments incrementally while you can keep breathing you know, and mm. you know, have that little bit of space within to move through, as you say, into the next place. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But you know, really, all of it just comes back. I think when you're going through these huge, big experience too, is to your connection to, to, to the to the God that's within you, to the source that's within you. And for me, again, you know, and what I what I live and walk and what I share with others too is just how much support we have from um, the allies, the guardians, the luminous beings, the mountains, the waters, the oceans, the elements, the earth, you know, they're all here for us. They're not just there to be pretty, they're they're actually there as ambassadors for source to give us exactly what we need. The stars, I mean, ancient people, their whole civilizations, their lives, how they built their houses, everything was mapped out by looking at the stars and, and yeah. you know, being getting the guidance, understanding that we're living on an altar. The earth is an altar. 
And the stars are, are, are a reflection of that altar and they show us how to map geographically what we need to put where and what energies we work with here. And when you start to understand that, even, you know, um, being aware of the cardinal directions and how they're working for you, you know, we're walking around in a container all the time. And the energies of the east, the west, the north and the south are, are, are particular, you know, they're always arriving to us to support us in some way to help us move through things. Um, Absolutely. We've just forgotten to ask. Uh, yeah. we've, 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 our belief has been put elsewhere in areas that probably don't need to be put. And, you know, it's about connecting and asking more. I think we've forgotten to ask. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good. And at the end of the day, and this is the thing, and I did struggle with this, I have to say, um, I went through a big process quite a few years ago of just asking, you know, why am I even, why do I even need to call on anything? Why do I need to invoke anything when it's all just one? You know, there is no other, there is no, there just, there just isn't. I mean, that's ultimately where I think that we arrive to. But what I understood was that all of these um, these beings of the seen and the unseen world that we can have a connection to, a visceral connection. Like you can get in the ocean and you feel how she just takes away anything that's yeah. in your field, right? You can look at a mountain and you feel, I can be strong, you know, I'm protected. Yeah. So for me, they are, I, I call them ambassadors of the world. You know, they're a gift from, um, creation, just like we are, that, are, that have been made manifest for us to taste, see, feel, touch and remember. Mm. You know? So that's why we call on them because it's like, it's like in the Indian tradition, you know, where they have so many different deities, um, of, well, so many different names and so many different personalities or representations of the one God. It's yeah. the same, it's only one, but there's all these different flavours all these different personalities that we can engage with and work with. And ultimately, when we're connecting to and calling on these beings of nature, we're only calling back parts of ourselves that we've forgotten. Yeah. 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 yeah that's a big one. I'm, I've been learning about that recently, the whole, um, you know, asking for support from the beings, but the beings are just aspects of us from past and future. It's like, you know, we're just bringing it all back into the one. Mm. And it just feels so beautiful when you, when you say that really resonates mm -hmm. yeah it's really simple it's not always easy right <laughs> it's actually no, really well as you say like living through you know through, through bankruptcy and you know family illness and things like that the realities of these lessons and learnings and you know the silver linings that are always there mm. Yeah, yeah I, I look back and it's for some reason this has been coming up a lot recently people have been asking you know because i I'm so present in what's here now that I forget to, to sometimes tell the stories of the past because it's just yeah. like, but then it makes you who you are. And, and it's also very helpful, you know, for people that are going through something as well. But I, I was, yeah, having a giggle because um, I had nothing. I had no, didn't have two, two coins to rub together, you know. I'd go, like, for example, I remember I would go out with my friends and we would go up to the Dandenongs to have um, chai. And we'd go to the market and they'd all be buying, you know, the little things at the markets and stuff. And I'd be looking and saving my, my $2 coins for the one child. That I'd <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and just, um, yeah. And I remember when uh, what came through was this, was um, 
never, I didn't never wanted it to be a business. It became a business, Naked Treaties, it was called, um, this beautiful food. And how it started was I started making um, these treats for the ashram for Prasad. I take it up to the Swami and give it, you know, as an offering. And um, anyway, I people started asking me for these things and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not giving them to anyone. <laughs> I do not want this to be a business. This is my love. And then I had a very strong experience in a meditation where this being turned up who looked like a kind of like a Gandalf. It's like 15 feet tall, again, this neon blue, carrying a staff, handed me a crystal and told me to get over myself and that this was not negotiable, that it wasn't a choice. And he said to me in no uncertain terms that there was something big coming in the years to come and that even though people were doing a lot of work on themselves, their bodies were not prepared to receive the frequencies of light that were going to be available to the planet. <laughs> wow, Jim. Wow. This, is, this is in 2007. Yeah. yeah. And that um, if they didn't do the work to get the cells prepared, the physical body, physical vehicle prepared, then some of them would die. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And wow. so this was part of my part of my service was to again do exactly like i was doing before and get get it mainstream make it sexy make it taste good make it appealing and make it clean as a whistle you know so that um that people people of the mainstream as well as the spiritual community so you've got all the people that are already into it and they're done that's easy because they're all doing it already yeah. but then how do we get it out to everybody else you know and so that's how um that's how I said yes to that and it went like a rocket. But what was interesting to me was that I had no monies and I borrowed $600 from my mum and I bought seeds. Now, I think that is so metaphoric that I was Yes, <laughs> planting seeds for the future. But yeah, the seeds was making my, my goji balls and my, and my yeah. snowballs actually, from these things, but they were all seeds. Wait, so quickly, there's something quite noisy in the background. Sorry. Yeah, it's the people with the blower. Hang on, <laughs> one second. I'll just close the windows. <sighs> yeah, the seeds. Like the, the hen who plants seeds to grow the grain oh, to yeah, make the breeds. And yeah. But, um, Plantic seeds. Ladies, if you can keep it, if you can still hear it. No, okay. That is so much better. And it gave us a chance to see your gorgeous dress as well. It's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I can put headphones on if you need me to and then you shouldn't be able to hear it at all. I okay, think. no, that's fine. Now that's heaps better. Thank you. We're talking about something extremely important. I'm like, we can't you have to hear this. <laughs> So the seeds with your snowballs yes. and your goji balls. Oh, yeah. So the first thing I bought was, was seeds, which were just, yeah, incredibly metaphorical, you know, that I would, that I would, I didn't even realise it until literally a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, my God. Because, you know, now I make offerings all the time and the most important part of the despacho of the offering are the seeds because you put it, you lay all of the prayers down and then, you know, then you seed them, you know, you're offering seeds. And that's what I did back then is I, I was seeding this new, yeah. Oh. This new, this new way, and so, yeah, that was the. It next was day. an amazing business too. Like the food was superb. Like, thank uh, you. It was um, absolutely, it was divine. 
in every way. Yeah, it was Thank you. Amazing. And your team that you had were just gorgeous as well. There was always such yeah. a big mix of people in there baking all this beautiful food and, you know, so the whole um, light water for chocolate, the whole energy of what was happening there was, you know, everything Stout. that you created was just, that essence was, was in every bite. Mm. Thank you. Like water for chocolate was definitely an inspiration as well. Um, and it was a way like the, our little tagline was living food, loving vibration. It was a way of uh, sharing a vibration of love through food. And, you know, as we were making things, everything was had crystals in it with bush flower essences. Um, yeah, it was so beautiful. And actually a lot of the, the people that worked with me back then, uh, we still work together now on anchoring the light, which oh, is really so cool. Yeah, it's really amazing. And what, what I find so beautiful about it is that it created community. That was always, you know, when I opened the shop here in Byron, it was just because I wanted, I, I would have like 70 people around to my house and do a cacao ceremony just to bring community together. That's just what I love to do. And I was like, I'm going to get this out of my house. And so... <laughs> the reason that I opened the shop was to create that community and now still you know um I know that they all catch up people all yeah. catch up still you know wow. was, was oh, how long did Naked Treaties go on for and um what was the the shift in there like for you mm. yeah Naked Treaties um continued on i handed naked treaties over i literally gave it away in january of 2017 i had um really started to walk my andean path at the beginning of 2012 and i'd been given in no uncertain terms instruction um, from the medicine that i was to be you know walking and working as a medicine woman medicine woman which is what naked treaties had begun that process because food is medicine and you know we're working with the medicine of cacao you know i was working with cacao all the way back then before anyone even knew what a cacao ceremony was yeah. i was doing cacao ceremonies just intuitively because i knew that this was really powerful medicine mm -hmm. and um that started that path and so then it was kind of an unweaving um of on many many different levels you know financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, energetically, it was an unweaving of that. And that took um, some time when I got the really, yeah, when it was like, this is how it has to be. Because for years I was doing both. I apprenticed and then I started uh, working in ceremony, taking people to Peru whilst I was doing naked treaties and I was wearing myself into the ground piece. Yeah. And that's Were you, were you working with Chrissy then? Is that, did you work with Chrissy Firemay? Which, oh, Chrissy Firemane? Yes. Uh, Chrissy Firemane and I have been friends for a ah. long time. Yes. Yeah. We've, we've never worked together as in um, collaborated. Oh, as, okay. Yep. Sometimes she would come to my ceremonies and do something or I would go to her ceremonies and do something. Oh, lovely. We're, we're friends. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. yeah. Beautiful. We're, we're not just friends. We, we have a, a very strong um, cosmic connection. Yes. Yeah, many lifetimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're quite we we have similarities in, in what we share, but we have very different ways of bringing them through. And I think that's what we really love and appreciate in each other. We can call on each other for support. It's like um, in the Andes we call it Yenantan Masintan, which is the divine and equal opposites that when come together create a powerful whole. 
That's me and you, lovely. Yes, <laughs> that is gorgeous. Like complimentary dualism. Yeah, yeah, love that. I love that. Complimentary. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. part of the, the 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 podcast. You know, is about hearing each woman's journey because it's so different. And and I think a lot of people think it has to be a certain way. Like you know, mm. you have to speak quietly, or you have to dress a certain way, or you have to you know not paint your fingernails anymore or whatever it may be you know it's like no god be mm. your beautiful authentic self and do it well yes oh my gosh i had an amazing i was very blessed to have an amazing yoga teacher around that time in my mid-20s who was at that time in his late 50s and he was an original student of atabi joy from the ashtanga tradition and from the ayenga um directly from ayenga as well and he was quite the quite the master because I I remember <laughs> I was in Melbourne right that I would come up to Byron Bay and probably without I don't know if I was but probably I was coming back a little bit eye gazy and a little bit like speaking you know as you were saying yeah, from Bar to, from Byron <laughs> really <laughs> and I don't know if I was doing that but I remember coming in and he and he looked me right in the eye and he said don't you think for a second that speaking in a slow, wafty voice and eye gazing makes you spiritual? <laughs> it's all about the inner yeah. work, about building the fire. It's about do da 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 da. And he just like chopped that right out there and then pulled that because it, you, you do. I mean, I I see it a lot happening, and I spend a lot of time in conscious conscious communities that aren't so conscious. And it's yeah. you know, it's um yeah, it can it can be a thing. It can become a little bit of a you know, like uh, every sort of genre has its its um yeah its flavor, and it's it it almost becomes a bit of a fashion. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Thank heavens, I think um, that is becoming less and less, and and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's because something it, about the light, but you know, people like you know up, upholding people who have such a strong fire and. Yeah. power as we've said before the light to because you want the the truth to be strong you know and not the fashion <laughs> if you want you know hmm. also very aware of um keeping it inclusive that's a big thing for me you know because there's there's lots of that going on in sort of spiritual communities i think where it can actually feel quite daunting and mm. a bit and a bit clicky and a bit exclusive yeah. to, well separate separate which is that's the last thing you would expect if it was an authentic environment yeah yep. but it can and it does sometimes yeah. feel like that. and I, that's that's something that doesn't gel with me I'm, I'm very inclusive and I love to make um everyone feel seen heard comfortable you know and yeah well yeah welcome yeah. to be there no matter what your background or where you're from or how you look or what you choose to wear or do or be or whatever yeah yeah I think I had my first selfie with you at a Donovan Frankenrider concert <laughs> and the Oval at Byron. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, well, this girl takes the fence. I mean, like, you know, like, well, not this girl, but I knew who it was. I just wanted to connect with you, and, and you did exactly that. You just embraced me and, um, you know, because um, at the time. but uh, And it was just you know, it was just a really fun little moment. But literally when you said that, you, you are very um, – open to to mm. everybody and in a most in a most beautiful way it's really lovely yeah it's a long time ago 
remember that. I actually remember I was, yeah, it's so funny because I remember it by the colour lipstick I was wearing. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And I actually remember that day um, somebody saying to me, why do you have to wear that, you know, when you I said, because I like it and it makes me feel good. Like, Yeah. <laughs> That was my favourite blue dress, so I totally get what you mean. <laughs> yeah. The patients we put on ourselves, the way we want to pigeonhole ourselves and everybody else into these little boxes, it's like just be who you are. That's the key to authentic leadership. Like I've, I was saying with my students last night, I've had to, oof, wowzers, some of the situations that I've been put in, you know, like I could rattle many off, but one facilitating a huge ceremony here in Byron Bay, with indigenous leaders from around the planet and here i am you know again this blonde lady who's you know indigenous to the earth and very you know definitely i'm from coming from the stars and you know but you know and but my skin and how i look is is not you know i don't look like that at all and um it was such a beautiful experience because i you know and this is something that I've experienced a lot during my life. And again, going back to this big brother experience prepared me for, and that is um, being okay to be judged and knowing that if you have the chance to spend more than five minutes with somebody that they'll feel your authenticity. And that only really comes from, yeah, you know, it's, um, there's always gonna be people that are gonna be judging you, you know? Um, but when you really know yourself and you know the depth of your connection and you can feel somebody's heart, you listen, um, you acknowledge, and you're also really, really clear about where you're at and, and what you understand and the things. And people are able to see past that stuff, you know, even people that are very, you know, like these guys were even fighting with each other. You know, I'm trying to organise an open ceremony where they're all included and they're fighting. I don't do that my way. Not now. We don't do that in our land. We don't call that. We don't speak to that one over there. They're, they're over there and they're over there. And so I'm there being the bridge again yeah. and saying, okay, so this is what you love to do in your tradition. Tell me about it. What's your, what do you think that we should do? Well, how about you do this here? And then, you know, then we've got a Lakota elder there with his drum, like singing in, calling in, in his way. And, and we've got an indigenous elder from here with his dig and calling in in his way. And, you know, it's like, we're from, we're, 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 where we're from is beyond all of this, you know, but we, it's like the rays of the rainbow, you know, each ray has a really specific, really beautiful gift and yeah. a tradition and a lineage and a thing, but the rays, when they come together, they just make up one light. Yeah. And in the same arc as well, but they're all being in the same way, <laughs> which is phenomenal in itself too. It's, it? yeah. it's so beautiful because I'm, I'm thinking with you talking and saying that, it's like from when the first email that I sent to you about the podcast and I had the most divine response from Kelly and mm -hmm. I said to Amanda, oh, my God, um, you can tell straight away the feeling I got was that, um, your resonance went through your team and that came through Kelly and the way that she answered the email, I was like, I wanted to acknowledge her. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, you are so divine. This is so beautiful, you know. 
And I was just like, what a beautiful representation for you and and where you play, you know, that that, that expansive, beautiful um, space is in your team. Like you feel it through you, through her, through to me. So that's an acknowledgement to you as well because she literally was just divine. <laughs> it was felt big time. Beautiful, Kel, and Chrissy as well, just sending out so much love and gratitude to to these beautiful angels. I mean, Kel and Chrissy both worked. Kel was one of my, the first people that worked with the Meet Naked Treaties. Oh, wow. Wow. Been through that. And Chrissy as well. Chrissy managed um, one of the stores. So, you know, like it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Right in here. yeah. Yeah. Really beautiful. So when you took started doing cacao ceremonies and, and and taking people to Peru, how did that feel? I mean, that must have just been like because traveling for yourself and going through these countries and connecting and answering mm -hmm. all those callings in yourself, and then when you get to take people to those places, mm -hmm. how was that? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. You know, for years. From 2013 through to 2017, every, I didn't even realize how this is how how in love I was with just sharing and what I was doing. I didn't realize that every journey I was doing was costing me a couple of thousand US. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, well, I think we're on the same page with unconsciousness around money. Not unconsciousness. Not like not attachment. <laughs> just like costing <laughs> <laughs> me my flights and. I, but I, what I didn't know was that I was just whatever it cost, you know, like to put to do it because yeah. spending time there with my family, with my brothers, I'm like, what if I bring a group to you? What should we do that? That would be amazing. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, let's figure it out. What do you need? And, you know, they would give me what their cost was and that's what I would charge people. Did not even think. <laughs> There's exchange rates, a currency fees, all of the things which is so, they're actually really cute. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And then people like, oh, I've not got any money. And then I realized, oh, I'm actually paying like $300 for each person to come. <laughs> You're so giving. You're so giving. I just, I just loved it so much, you know. It's just, it was so beautiful and still yeah. is so beautiful to see people be in direct communion and receiving from from that land and um yeah it's life-changing i've, I've yeah. seen many and there again it's it's for me it's doing what i love to do being the bridge and creating community because every ceremony i do every training i do every trip to peru i do we keep we have a, a pod like a group for every person so they're all connected they're all staying connected they're still even people that were in came in 2014 or 13 they're still connected now yeah Beautiful. There's such a strong yeah weaving in the tapestry, isn't it? When those threads stay stay yeah. like mm, stay strong. The, you know, like the um moving away from it being a centralized figure that is the one to go to for experience or wisdom sharing or whatever, and instead encouraging everybody that you you have your like people often will say, Well, what have I got to share? It's like the things that you traverse and that you live through in your life and that you overcome, that's gold. Yeah. Isn't it? Absolutely. Like everybody has wisdom to share and there's everyone is a teacher. Oh. So 
Yeah, it's just super beautiful to empower that as well. It is. Now, I know you, uh, you've got something on straight after this, so we just want to... Oh, no, we're fine. You good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we wanted to... I, we've already talked about the things that you had to give up. We kind of went... That just naturally went down that path, you know, people, things. Um, what do you do now? Look, I, I feel like this is a silly question for me because I actually follow you and I know what you do, but for the listeners, what do you do now that supports yourself for staying in the moment and, you know... Um, like true to you yeah so it's it's really the same thing as i was sharing um it's it's building and maintaining um a communion with with all of it and when i say all of it ultimately it's to yourself but um I know tangibly, so powerfully and so strongly how I've been held and guided and supported through everything that I've traversed in my life, through building the communion and the connection with these allies, with these sacred guardians that are aspects of myself yeah. that are with me and working with me. Nature is one of, if not the most um, powerful ways to come back to to your centre and stay connected to yourself. Oh. She answer to absolutely everything that we need you know if you're still long enough to listen she'll tell you and that doesn't mean to say you even have to sit in nature you can connect through the powerful portal of your mind and your realization yeah. to that um so that is a really important practice for me to do that and you know just simple things like um I'll tell you my, my, shall I just give you my little daily? My yeah, I was, you're on track. Because I was about to say, can you just give me a, like, a day in the life of Jen? <laughs> so, when I wake up in the morning, some, sometimes it can be, and I think that there will be people out there that will resonate with this, especially as empaths. Sometimes I can wake up feeling very heavy. I can feel sometimes even a feeling of dread. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wake up really joyful but a lot of the time I wake up and I can feel you know before my mind has kicked in it's a it's a sensation in the body so regardless of how I'm feeling I think the thing to remember is that especially while we're sleeping we're very open and so before I go to bed every night I call in I don't flick off and clear out but I call in all of the highest frequency energies to be with me while I sleep um, I anchor that into my bed and I program a deep and restful sleep. I program my windows and my doorways that anything wow. that comes the windows and doors instantly transformed into the highest frequencies of love and the highest frequencies of light. I call in my guardians and I set them up around my bed. I sleep. And then when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I try and do is smile. Yeah. It's such a simple thing, but when you smile, you tell every organ in your body, you tell every cell in your body that everything is okay you know that and it's a it's a smile of just like I'm here okay and then the next thing I do and I'm very aware that if I wake up feeling off in the morning that that's not mine generally that's that's stuff that has come in while I'm sleeping so I'm super aware that not to take that on as mine and start making a story around it and start projecting in back into the past or worrying into the future about what this feeling is I just sit with the sensation and then I put my hand on, and this all takes a couple of minutes. It sounds a lot, but it's really not. And the person that, you, you know, your partner or whatever could be sleeping next to you. I just take a hand on my heart, a hand on my belly, 
and I call in little Jemsy. Hey, little Jemsy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's so sweet. <laughs> we can do this together. Okay, so take your hand, place it on your heart, and place another one on your belly. Take a breath. And call in your little one, whatever you might call her. My, she, my little one's Jemsy, might have a nickname or maybe not. And just call her in, see her standing there, and just ask her, how are you feeling today, sweetheart? How are you feeling today? And whatever it is, however she shows up or he shows up, allow it completely. Accept how this little one is feeling. Don't try and change it. Just acknowledge, it's okay, sweetie. You know, if you're feeling anxious, that's all right, I'm here. If you're feeling joyful, awesome, we're going to have some fun. It's a good day. If you're feeling fearful, it's all right, darling. I'm here. We got this. You're okay. Everything's okay. And doing this in a very short space of time regulates your central nervous system. And it lets your inner child know that she is safe and loved. And that's all the inner child is looking for. The inner child only plays out because it thinks that it's needing something from something outside, but it's actually from you. Just needs, she needs, he needs simply to be allowed to be as he or she is, accepted and then embraced and told that, you know, we got this done, we're good. And then I put myself inside of a crystal. I think of a beautiful crystal. For me, often these days at this moment in time, it's aqua marine. It's like a, and it, and it glistens with filaments of beautiful light. It can be any color you want though, but the crystal has to go around your entire body. It's like a double terminated crystal so that the point of it could go down into the earth and the top of it could reach to the sky. And I feel myself encased in that crystal, not from protection, but that I'm in, this is an extension of the beautiful crystalline energy of my high frequency energy. And then I imagine all of my beautiful guardians around me, whatever they may be for you, the sunshine, the mountains, the oceans, Archangels, the ascended masters, priestess of the light, sun, the moon, whoever it would be, and of course, priestess of all ceremony, which is my beloved mother, a beautiful Pachamama. And then I breathe, I breathe their energy into the crystal. We call this energy Sammy. This is the refined energy. And as I breathe out, I share it. I see that this energy goes out and it literally transforms anything it touches. I do that a couple of times, it's a nice big breath. And this can become very, very blissful actually. Sometimes you realize that these feelings of anxiety or fear, when you work with this energy and with your breath, that they can turn into feelings of bliss and excitement actually. And then I know that um, any energies that arrive to me, that arrive in, in a millisecond, as soon as they touch the surface of this crystal, they're instantly transformed. And then I take a moment to think about what I'm really grateful for in my day, for anything just, and if I can't tune into something because, you know, there's a lot going on and it feels overwhelming, because sometimes we feel overwhelmed, I come back to the beauty of nature. Crystalline oceans, sunrise, say thank you let that little smile come to my lips again 
I think it's about your child, and then, and then I'm ready for my day. And then I just, sometimes if I have the time and space to do it, I'll sit and I'll um, I'll do a meditation, which is um, really working again with that similar kind of energy. You know, anchoring that energy into the body, breathing the sami energy in and out. Um, and then I always try and remember to look up. So when I come out of my bed and into the outside, the first thing I do is I blow kisses to nature and I look to the sky and I remember um, how, how supported we are and how protected we are and how there really is nothing wrong. We're all okay. And there's something much bigger than us that's um, working here and and I ask for really clear guidance. I just ask life to show me really clearly the steps to take, make it obvious, make it easy, make it effortless. Mm. Yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, so centering. Mm. Just centering. And, you know, I have a beautiful altar, you know, my... my um, yes, I love that. So beautiful. Do you take that everywhere with you? Yeah, I sleep yeah. with I have three of them on my altar. It's called the Mesa and it's a portable altar. So in here there are what we call queers or masters of living energy that are all programmed for specific things and they work together as a team. But, you know, as I say, you don't have to spend ages at your altar every morning, but I just, good morning. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for a beautiful day. You know, sometimes you've got time to sit down and do more, but you know, that's enough. It's just yeah. just maintaining um, the connection, the communion, becoming contemplation is different to meditation and it's equally as powerful or as important, you know. That means that often it looks like I'm blowing on my drink because it's hot, but it's not. It's just that I'm, I'm always blessing yeah. with, my, with my essence, with my breath and it's become second nature to do that. If I have, if I have a glass of wine, I'll be in a restaurant and I'll I'm like put my finger in and I I give some to the earth first and say thank you to Pachamama ah, first. You know? Beautiful. Yeah. To each moment and realizing actually that life is the ceremony. Yeah. That's that's a that is a core that's, that's yeah, like that's um because even when to be in that space where you're mindful and you're giving thanks and your gratitude, it's like a certain point into the day in the day or occasionally but as you say if every movement of flow for your day you're in thanks and blessings and, and gratitude and that connection yeah that's the true harmony with all and that you're doing all it is isn't it it is and and working with that that remembering of the crystal is very very powerful because then if you're in a situation where you've got somebody in front of you that is not in their highest frequency and you're feeling yourself going (laughs) (laughs) you you know you've got to remember that the more present you are the less you will take on yeah so if you stay really present with that person in that moment anchor your energy down into the earth anchor you feel yourself connected to the cosmos you can be talking they can be rah 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 and you're doing this like internally and then you put up a beautiful, you put a beautiful crystal up and you feel that anything that's coming is just transforming. And then you can even put them inside of a crystal too, yeah. so that they're, you know, you, you can 
help them to move that heavy energy too. And that's then part of your service. That's part of what we call your Aini. That's the, the reason I'm just, these candles. <laughs> they get a bit excited at the end, don't they? <laughs> it's just got, they've got a thing of plastic around them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, toxic. <laughs> oh, no, I, yeah, quite. That, just quickly, yeah. just that last word, because I know um, that this came up in the, this giving and receiving, we call the, and, you just said it. What was it the called? Aini. The Aini? Yeah. The 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 Andean co in the Andean Cosmovision, the guiding principle is a yeah. beautiful thing called Aini. Yes. Yeah. That's the part I highlighted because I, yeah. I really loved that. It really resonated. I was like, oh, I want to read that part out. So that's what I got from the website to read out about you. Yeah. Yeah. So I you know, Aini in its simplest um definition is sacred reciprocity. It's it's giving and receiving, you know, that when when we receive, we must give, and when we give, we must also receive. But yeah. um, it's it's much bigger than that, actually. It means that nothing ever is going one way. We're always in exchange, whether we're conscious of it or whether we're unconscious of it. And Aini is actually our service here. You know, it's it's our life purpose. It's it's that we're here to to be in service to to our planet, to our community, to our family. Not through something that we do, like I said before, but just who we came to be, you know, yeah. just being. And so when we start to get really conscious of the flow of Aini, then it becomes very powerful because if you're giving heavy energy out, then that has to return to you somewhere. Some And, and it even goes like when you're working with the earth, you know, in some traditions and still now, they teach people to flick their heavy energy to the earth. It's like well, you're setting up what we call Hucha Aini, which is, heavy energy Aini, like Pachamama is strong and powerful and she can transform it. She can, yeah. why should she have to? Yeah. Like, we're beyond that. We can, we can transform the energy ourselves and then offer it to her as blessings. And if we need her help to transfer energy, to, to transform energy, rather than flicking it off to her, we call on her to help us. You know, we ask her to do it for us rather than you take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, wow. it's like, and it's kind of like um, uh, projecting, isn't it? Basically, instead of taking responsibility for the energy yourself. So mm. that's, that's a very powerful practice to, to um, yeah, not create toxic swamps around us. <laughs> yeah, and it goes right back to that thing that we were talking about, you know, with every breath in, we're taking on one of two energies. We're either taking in high frequency energy or low frequency energy with every with every breath we take in. So when we start to become aware, you know, and if you're aware that you're, you're taking in um, some lower frequency energy, and then you think in that moment, rather than just unconsciously doing it, you become aware of it. And then you make a decision in that moment, okay, so what can I do about this? What am I, how am I, how, how can I be in my best service here? And if you're feeling vulnerable, tired, weak, then sometimes you just need to excuse yourself and yeah. and but if you're feeling in your center and you're feeling you're having a day where you're feeling strong then you can literally work with even the simplest way is to put yourself inside of that crystal and you can breathe consciously take the energy from the other person take it in take it like breathe it in transform it in your costco and your solar plexus transform it see it being digested into light and then as you breathe out it's done Mm. not only does it not only has it been transformed but it's been alchemized into high frequency energy so that they then also receive the blessings and so do you because it's semi-aini it has mm. to return to you 
So, you know, when we start working on that level, then we don't, it's a very rare that we get taken out or we have to move remove ourselves from situations because we remember how powerful we are and how yeah. easy it is actually. Yeah, and it's that self-responsibility, isn't it? Yeah, it and really is. The, the powerfulness, it's just what you just shared then. It's like, hmm, uh, well, I don't know what word I want to use, but just that just change, this is a game changer, yeah. isn't it, really? Just to take on possession of that for yourself to be able to do mm. in your everyday life in different situations it's a complete game changer isn't it it's a total game changer and again it's one of those things that's really simple but um we've moved away from the simplicity of that i mean you look at the 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 communities up in the andes for example that live by this um this principle this cosmic law to this day it's very simple in the physical if your if the your your neighbor helps you farm your potatoes one day then you help him farm his potatoes the next or maybe you're not able to but your neighbor knows that because he helped you that somewhere along the line somebody else is going to help him right and so they don't have any qualms in receiving in the andes they are so open they don't have that thing that we have of not being able you know over giving and not being able to receive because not receiving is is as um blocks the flow of aini as much as not giving mm -hmm. because you have to be able to receive it back so you know like if you're walking in the andes and there's like a, a 90 year old grandpa and he's you know running circles around you by the way yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> full of life yeah. and you hold out your bag of coca leaves and offer him some not one hand goes in two yeah and they as much as they can possibly you know they are not, not shy of receiving because they know that this is any returning to them in yeah. some way that's so beautiful if only we oh, could take on that that's true abundance isn't yeah. it like that's a true belief to living of abundance yeah and then it works that way with the earth because they're in constant reciprocity through yes. the offerings that they make so you know, in the months of, um, particularly in August, um, from August 1st and for the whole month of August, it's Pachamama month. So, so all of the farming stops, they let the soils and everything rest and regenerate. And then for that month, they basically just make offerings called despachos and party a lot, have lots of um, fiestas and celebrations. And during that month, they are seeding their prayers for the coming cycle at the same time as giving a lot of gratitude and a lot of love through the offerings to Pachamama because this is Aini in motion. You know, they're giving, they give and they give their love, they give their gratitude, they're seeding and then they're receiving. Yeah. Wow. So beautiful. So beautiful. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our very last question, mm. thank you so much for Everything you've offered so far, it's been really beautiful. We feel like we've journeyed so, yeah. so far. And, um, I feel filled up. Yeah. Um, how does Gem see the world right now? And, and do, is there anything that you see next for what's, us? What's, sure. what's holding me? Yeah. 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 You know, the first thing that just popped into my heart when you said that is to be really, I feel like we need to be really careful about, um, let me get this right. Um, about what narrative we choose to follow and how much attention we give to things and, and you know, feeding into creating more separation and more division by something is right or something is wrong. Um, 
because what I feel is like when we're when we're sort of coming up with all of these ideas about why this is happening and who's behind it and all of the I'm not just going to say the conspiracy theories but all of the things that are sort of that are out there that we can really get involved in I see people very passionately getting involved in these things and then almost dismissing um anybody who doesn't want to get into mm. that ism you know it's like what I feel happens is that we feed the very forces that we're trying to loosen get get you know get out of their grip you know we're actually we're, we're feeding those forces so I feel like um you know it's to stay focused on the bigger picture you know we're really we're we're moving very quickly into you know you hear about the fifth dimension but the fifth dimension is just a frequency right it's a it's the frequency of the heart so it's a heart-centered um a heart-centered way of being and a heart-centered reality and um you know moving into that frequency means that a lot of things have to be annihilated there's there's going to be a lot of and it is happening a lot of top-down destruction you know while truths are being revealed and things are coming through and it's kind of just to be able to witness all of those things and understand that there's something much higher happening there's something much bigger going on and it's it's a necessary part it's like the medicine of the puma of the great cats it's like this annihilation destruction so that this great change can occur but we don't want to be feeding into those old be aware of it witness it be compassionate to it but at the same time be mindful not to feed the yeah. wolf you don't want to that you don't you know it's not yeah. about at all it's just about we have to keep our in in our individual journeys and in our collective journeys i really feel like we have to work at keeping our vibrational frequency we could remember that tuning fork you know and that is how we're going to shift the momentum of the planet is to acknowledge this stuff and do what we can do but at the same time come back to the big picture and that means finding support in like-minded um, communities um, calling in people friends or yeah spaces where you can be and sit in that frequency I also feel very strongly that our nervous systems are very different now. Mm -hmm. um, we've been through a huge upgrade and I don't feel that we need to do things in a hard way anymore. I think that blowing ourselves open with processes, um, with medicines, with whatever is very old map of the world. Okay. And it doesn't need to be that way anymore. We don't have to do it the hard way. You know, so much can be healed fast and rapidly when we meet whatever we need to meet but we we um are, again we're meeting ourselves in in that high frequency energy and then things can shift and move so fast yeah because it is things are happening much faster we're moving yeah. through our traumas and our stories much faster and we really you know that we, we, the, the healing cycle can't continue where you're constantly digging and digging and digging and digging at what's wrong all the time because yeah. you're just perpetuating that there has to come a time where you acknowledge it you go through the process of 
feeling it and dealing with it, feeling to heal in the body, and then deciding, okay, now this is the story I'm going to tell. Yeah. This is what I'm keeping my focus on because that is how the change will be made. Mm-hmm. Um, we just can't, you know, I say to people, it's like we're getting on Crystal Condor Airways, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're there. <laughs> On Crystal Condor Airways, you're only allowed to take one bag and it can only have in it what you really, really need, what you what is really going to not only serve you, but serve everyone in the new paradigm, in the new world, in the yeah. new, you know, where we're going. But what are you taking? And the rest of it, it has to go, it's got to stay behind. It just can't come forward anymore. So I feel like we've got to start getting some discipline, like yes. stop. Yes. You know, I'm 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 not looping on this stuff anymore. It's not serving me. It's not serving anyone else. And decide, you know, to you know, that's 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 gold, a hundred percent. And that's and that's where like sort of going back into the awakening and into like childhood or different experiences. It's it's a non-attachment to those moments, but yet the full learning, the full embrace of the um, what it's gifted you. And how the sharing of it gifts out into in that form of service as you've been sharing, but it's it's another lifetime, it's another frequency, it's a different mm-hmm. density of experience to this moment in time now. And where each of our guests have sat down and uh, so beautifully, so graciously share, mm-hmm. but the gifts and the sharing that's the that's what it's all about and how that activates everybody else it's yeah it's amazing it's so beautiful mm. and the, the resonancy yeah. of those sharings um and yeah like that crystal condor airline wow that's <laughs> my hand up. yeah where are we going <laughs> eventually we realize that there's nothing to heal yeah you know for me i really i see it and sense it so so clearly that we have the essence which our essence which is the truth of who we really are that's our unity consciousness it's never born never dies and i see it just sitting it just sits back so lovingly and so compassionately compassionately like like a wise elder that and it's watching the soul you know and it's the soul with all of its records of experience from this lifetime and all the others and it racks up its you know and it says okay I've done this and I want to do that and it thinks that it's got something to learn it thinks it has something to fix or heal you know all of this and the essence the isness is just sitting back so lovingly watching like watching a little child going okay there it goes and And then eventually the soul the 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 soul realizes that it is the essence and that there there is no separation and there is nothing to fix there is nothing to heal and that is the fully awakened state it's not to say that life gets easy and it's you know or it's not to say that you don't still um feel things or things don't happen it's just that you're sitting in this loving presence of just welcoming it all and being okay and come on you know it's all no worries it's okay this is how i see the essence you know and so that's where i think eventually we will that's what we're heading towards that's what we're getting to and you know with that loving awareness and that presence we also realize that when we look at our traumas and it's you know trauma is very real and it's relative to the person as well you know something might not you might not think it's big for someone but it could be huge but you know that this is where i think it's really um helpful and important to remember that the person that gave that to you that that did that to you well 
it wasn't theirs either. Mm. You know, and if you were to go back and look at that person as a child, at often the similar age that they did whatever, you know, whatever program, conditioning, abuse, it could be anything that they gave to you, you would pretty much see that there was a very scared little boy or a scared yeah. little girl that did not receive what they needed. And why? Because the parent or whoever was there in that time, they didn't either. No. Yeah. These heavy experiences, these heavy energies just get passed on mm. and they don't actually belong to anybody that passes them on, but it's because the person in that moment, they didn't have the tools available to them. They didn't know um, how to process this, but we do. We're the yeah. change. So the key to the processing, yeah, I mean, this is a, a longer conversation, but this is where the medicines are really fantastic too, even with cacao or, you know, any kind of circle work or whatever, without looping on the story is to get into um, allowing those things to be, because all of these things are the inner child, right? Yeah. So it's, it's that simple. It's when, and the shadow, what we call the shadow is just the inner child stamping its feet saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Ignoring me, everyone's abandoning me. I've always been abandoned. You know, I'm rejected, and and we're like, go away. I don't want to yeah. know. You. Like, ooh, the shadow. Oh, you're so needy. <laughs> so we say that. Whereas if we lean into it instead and pick up that little one, like we just didn't, it's okay. Yeah. So I'm here. Yeah. Then the shadow stops screaming. You know, and the inner child only wants to feel safe and loved by us. You know, it's just the inner child for me is the ego, actually. It's personality. It's blows, it, it, when, when I say that, people are like, but you think about it. What does the ego do? Say, yeah. Yeah. Say, the, say the ego is throwing up judgment, right? So if you, rather than going, oh, my God, you're so judgmental, I can't believe it, why are you always so judgmental? If you instead take a moment, close your eyes and call forward your inner child and say, sweetie, why are you judging? What's happening? You'll for sure see or show you a, a time in your life where you felt a certain way or something happened yeah. and she in that moment felt judged yeah or you know and and so then if you take her it's all right darling you know and like this then she's like oh okay well i don't really i can let that go now i don't really need to and it softens it because we're, if we're judgmental it's only because we're judging ourselves yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. Yeah. or anything anything that we're doing on the outside is only because we're doing that to ourselves isn't it yeah. so it's all an inside job inside that's job. it's all an inside job when you tend to the inside and that's that's i guess you know this we've this a longer we've opened up another conversation in a way but <laughs> what would i say what would i say to people you know is that it is all an inside job and if you tend to your inner world then the outer world will change to reflect yeah that's right and also healing yourself taking the time to do the your inner work and to get resilient and do all of the things to shift your internal frequency and state is the greatest service you can do for the planet yeah and why because there's a, a web of light and life in the andes they call it the taxi it's like a spider like in the center of that web any tiny little vibrational movement that's made ripples out into the entire web and it affects everything wow there is no other so when you when you're healing yourself you are literally healing the world you're doing yeah. a service no absolutely i'm all for that i live in a very big house and um you, you know live in a community i live in a community <laughs> 
and when yeah. one shifts pretty pretty fast the rest shift you know it's like spreads it's like mm. yeah it just takes one person to stand in it first yeah and it resonates out so true it's so brave you know because this heavy energy and i i blanket it with this term heavy energy because that's really all it is it's just yeah. whether whether it's an experience a trauma an emotion or whatever it has a dense frequency uh -huh. so it's it's just bouncing around waiting for somebody brave enough to put up their hand and say i'll take it yeah i'll move it you know Absolutely. so it's the path of the light worker isn't it yeah yeah which you are doing yeah. so beautifully and, and so us, well. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know what does 2023 hold for Gemma? Like, it's all stretching out. your calendar in for you, darling. <laughs> I actually have. I had to buy this big thing. It's over there. I'm looking. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like a Tetris. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay, okay, and. The biggest thing, and this is a question that I really want to ask people because I think this is important and one that we, some of us might be in danger of missing mm. because the years of 2020 to 2022 mm. gave us very important, powerful lessons. Mm. And I think for a lot of people, um, we shifted and changed the way that we did things in life. Um, in a really positive way. And then when things opened up again, there's a possibility that we got jumped straight back on the mouse's wheel yeah. and are forgetting yeah. what we learned from that time. Yeah. So this is my challenge in my Tetris puzzle is to, <laughs> is to learn how to implement all of the things that I learned through that time and still be able to offer um, all of the beautiful things that come through me, you know, in a way that's really joyful and effortless and sustainable um, for my energy and for what I'm able to give. Um, because you have to fill your own cup up first, right? Yeah. With With yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really you might give them an empty cup. So it's um my year I have Right now, in this moment, we've just um, launched into, um, I smile because it's just so much fun. It's the Sacred Chocolate Shamanic Cacao um, Apprenticeship, and it's a three month, it's actually four months worth of content that we kind of squash into three months, 16 calls. And I love this, it's evolved over time. What I love about this is that I people used to ask me, first of all, they would ask me to teach them how to facilitate ceremony, I'd be like, well, what? Like, <laughs> how? How is that even possible? It just comes through. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and, then, and then I got the how. Like, they showed me, this is how. Like, you, 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 basically what we're doing is teaching people, not teaching, mentoring, guiding people to um, commune and connect in a, in a shamanic way with the natural world. And, and then it starts to arise through them anyway, using some specifics of ritual and ceremony woven in within that. And then people ask me to do it online and I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. Like, how the hell can you do this online? And then thanks, 2020, long you yeah. came. Yes, yeah. My whole calendar for two years got cleared and I was so happy. I, was yeah. like, <laughs> I can just let it come through. And then it came like a rocket. They gave me two weeks. They said, you've got to launch on June 21st. I had no idea. I'd never put anything online, let alone an online course. And in two weeks, I filmed 11 modules 
built the whole thing. I don't know how it happened. I had no idea why. I didn't even know how to work Zoom. <laughs> now it's turned into this three-month extravaganza, extravaganza where I've got my maestros from Peru and amazing um, wow. guests, shamans, medicine. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. So, so uniting everybody, people from all around the world. Yeah. Through this online, yeah, activation ceremony. Zoom, Zoom is, the, the laptop is a stargate. It's a portal. Yeah. Mm. And for me, it's just phenomenal. Like I did I did this um, Art of the Altar masterclass a couple of weeks ago. I had 900 people. Mm. Amazing. I nearly died. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Whoa, this is something. And then you get on the screen and it's like, of course, there's a lot of them that are on different time zones watching replays. But you get on the screen and there's easily a few hundred and it's like the feeling of seeing all these beautiful beings from all corners of the planet all there with a combined intent. Yeah. Wow, powerful. Yeah, it really is incredible. So there's that going on. I'm just about to start um, actually in just under two weeks, the art of the altar, the the learning the, this lineage. Oh, yay. Because I was, I was, there was one, I nearly uh, got to squeeze in. So, you know, is there a process to this? But then I thought, oh, well, you know, I wonder if there's something going on with that because that looks like just such a beautiful, like with making the shamanic drama, I imagine it's a similar, you know, process of, yeah, yeah. fabulous. All of the, you know, when you were asking me about um, what I do in my life, this is it. This, this, everything, everything, all the tools and everything that I understand and what helps me through is all about this. Mm. So um, this, I do this within my apprenticeship, um, but the apprenticeship is really for people too that want to learn to facilitate, you know, whereas there's a lot of people that don't necessarily want or they're already facilitators and they want to, um, understand the power of this and how this builds resilience in every aspect mm. so that is coming up in a couple of weeks um, and then there'll be a level two later in the year and i've got peru um, and then i have my reset retreats which are working with medicine um, and then um oh yeah, I've got another thing that I that's coming through that I want to do called authentic leadership, which is more like a um, a deep mentorship um, container where we can really go deep into all aspects of everything. There's a lot going on. Yeah, just jump, if anyone wants to know, just um, have a look at my Instagram or my website or whatever, and you'll see all of the things there. We yeah. will put all of your links yeah. at the bottom of the um the episode so everybody can um click on those links straight from the from the podcast that will take through to your instagram and your uh, website as well thank you there's a lot of free content there too that people can um just enjoy you know and you get i, I like to i like to give a lot so even just with the with the free things you people still receive stuff that they can definitely work with and use and put into practice Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's, you know, um, it's received with so much love. Yeah, thank you, Jen. Yes. Thank you. Have a, a yeah, have a beautiful, beautiful Friday. Goddess Day. Uh, we love Fridays. Day of the Goddess, Freya. <laughs> oh, Freya. Yes, of course. My partner is Swedish, so I know all about those Norse traditions. Oh, fabulous. Ah, yeah. yeah. 
Thank you so much you both for your amazing work, for everything that you're doing out there. It's so needed. And um, yeah, just blessings and love on the sacred path that you guys are walking in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. And love to Kelly. Oh, yeah, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Joy. Thank you for listening and remember all links to our guest are in the notes. Leave us a comment here or message us on Instagram how our guests today connected with you or perhaps something you wish to share. A special thank you to the blissful Ksenia Luki for our theme song. Joe and I will be with you next week. Bye. Ciao. Shooting star, she whispers, You were never born, so you will never die.